Today's tear-filled edition for Oakland fans of the Goldcast is sponsored by Mort's Back Scratchers. Is your back scratchy? Do you have an itch in a place where you can't reach behind your back? Then use Mort's Back Scratchers. They are the most efficient kind. They have them in all kinds of styles, wood, plastic, metal, uranium. You can get them at a store near you or at mortsbackscratchers.tv. And don't forget, you can find the Goldcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube, all under the moniker The Goldcast. YouTube.com slash The Goldcast. We finally reached over 100 subscribers, and we had we finally got the unique URL that we wanted. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting The Goldcast. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher, The Goldcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all under at the gold cast don't forget to share like and subscribe share like and subscribe tell your friends we've been have I've had some people talk to me on youtube they're saying hey man you guys are great you guys need more subscribers we agree and the only way we get there is through your help so spread the word let everyone know if you're a fan of the warriors the giants the niners and if you just like hearing some general sports talk as we're going to get into today be sure to subscribe share like follow the gold cast we'll follow you back Join the revolution, baby. What are we revolutionizing against? I'm not really sure, but it sounded good. All right, we have a very special episode of the Goldcast coming up. This is a, a solo mission for me, Rudy Salisa III. I have a very special guest. He's a, a dear friend of mine and a long-time, uh, long-time diehard Bay Area sports fan. He's here to talk about uh, the Raiders moving to Vegas, and then we're going to head on into... Uh, some warrior talk so uh without further ado we've been off for a week but now we're back Goldcast, here we go let's get busy san francisco are you ready, are you ready? this is the gold boom Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my dear friend, one of my best men at my wedding, Pete Zimmer. Brand new. Welcome to the Gold Cast, buddy. What's up, brother? How are you doing? I'm good, man. So let's get into this. You are a San Francisco local. You lived out here forever. You grew up in the East Bay, uh, and you... You grew up, you you know, you're a Giants fan, you're a Warriors fan, but you grew up a Raiders fan, and I yes. want to, and I want to talk to you about. Okay. I want to get the perspective on your perspective on the Raiders moving to Vegas. Now, you know, I really thought about this for a second because I was I was thinking about this, like if if I got the news that the 49ers, I mean, bad enough they're in Santa Clara, but if I get the news that the 49ers are moving to, like they're moving to. I, they're moving to Arizona, or you know, or they're moving to Idaho, where they don't because they don't have a football team, so they're gonna become the the Idaho Niners. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would be hella messed up over that. Like, I really thought of it because at first I'm like, what's the big deal? I mean, who cares? I mean, they're still the Raiders keeping the name, but I was like, wait a minute, but like, I culturally identify the 49ers with San Francisco, and so let me just get you're you're a man that's obviously has uh, always had a pulse on the city of San Francisco and obviously the East Bay given your roots what tuesday comes down the news hits raiders are moving to vegas walk me through it okay basically the first thing i thought was don't turn on the radio today 
because I saw it on the phone first thing in the morning, and I was like, okay, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I I knew that they weren't going to turn down $750 million because all the NFL really wants is cash. You know, it's free money, basically. And and that was just too much money. And our owner, you know, he's a Davis. He's, you know, he's a Raider, but he – he doesn't have the money. He's a millionaire playing at a billionaire's club. Um, there was no way, not unless there was some sort of, you know, football miracle that was coming. And we both know those don't happen. Uh, it's all about the dollars. So I, my thing with the Raiders, the way it feels is I feel for the East Bay. It hurts. I, I, it pains me and it upsets me. But at the same time, I can't see myself being anything other than Raider Nation. So I'm torn. I, where does my anger go? I don't know. I talk to talk to my. I haven't even. I have a text thread, which is all just the the friends I play fantasy football with and the guys I talk to every Sunday, and we have not contacted each other because we don't know what to say, and we don't know what we're doing. Two of the guys are season ticket holders that are on that text thread. There's five guys. We've all been Raider fans forever. We all go to games together. Whenever we go, we always meet up in the parking lot. The whole thing. When we, we haven't even – we don't know what to say to each other, so we nobody's reached out. Nobody's made the first move, and it's, what, four days later? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know what to say. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. I don't even know how to feel about it going down for the next three years, the next two years plus. Um, you know, I – just when we just went 12 and four, I should be ecstatic about my football team, but they're moving to Las Vegas. So let me ask you this. All right. So the mayor comes on and, and, and she's, you know, she kind of gives this little speech and she says, you mean her dog and pony show. Yeah. The dog and pony show. And, and you know, and she, you know, I, I'm a little torn on this too. Cause like I told here, here's the thing. Here's what really pisses me off. It really pisses me off when an NFL team, you know, and granted, you're right. Davis is a millionaire playing with a billionaire's game. That's that's a great phrase, and you're right. But like the NFL is rich as hell. You know, I mean, you know, the billions upon billions, and all those owners are billionaires. And what really pisses me off is when uh, the these teams and these franchises try to get the cities to pay for these to pay for these stadiums when they have no business doing that. This this all of this should be done. Through the NFL, for instance, St. Louis. When the when the Los Angeles Rams leave St. Louis, they leave St. Louis, and they the the city the city is still paying a hundred million dollars on a stadium that that no longer has a team for it. Like the NFL should have paid off that hundred million. We're really sorry. We feel bad. We we'll pay off that hundred million. Now, like that's what should have happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. So going back, going back to the scenario here, you know, the mayor first thing he says like, I'm really happy that we didn't take the taxpayers' money. To do this, you know, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like that we we really stood strong on that. I feel really bad for Raider Nation, uh, you know, and I, I mean, you could tell, I'm like, okay, you're you're not a sports fan, and that's cool. Nothing says you have to be. You're a mayor. There are far more important things to do in Oakland than than worry about a football stadium, right? But then the right. fl- the flip side to that is is that the the day that the vote came on, like she sent a letter, tr- like like trying to like create a blockade, trying to get them to stop it, so she can try and allocate fun private funding for a new stadium in Oakland. My question is, why didn't she do this six months ago? Well, because, well, first of all, as far as I understand it, and and being that I'm, you're getting a fan perspective here, but this is what I've learned and read about, as far as I know, is that 
the private funding that was coming from the Ronnie Lock group and all that stuff, the NFL didn't like it. The other thing is that it wasn't it didn't happen soon enough. And Mark Davis, say what you will about him, he's a man of his word. When he when things weren't working with Oakland, he said, I'm gonna find somebody else and he did it. And when when Las Vegas came to him as quickly as possible, he as fast as they did, I mean, basically, because it's all shady hotel money. Basically, yeah. When you go to Vegas, you're gonna—that's how this is getting paid for. Um, basically, he said, "Okay, it's too late. I've already made a deal and I've made a commitment to somebody else. I'm not even going back to the table." So whatever she was doing, and even the Ronnie Locke group, the only hope that Oakland ever has had in the last—I don't know—six to eight months is basically trying to convince the NFL that they could come up with something better. Which is, I honestly think, in my opinion, the way Oakland is progressing and the, the, the type of companies and the companies that are moving to Oakland, it's not just becoming like the new Brooklyn of the Bay Area, which is what they're trying to make it, it, it into. But like Uber's getting a headquarters there. There's new businesses. The tech industry is finding that is the last respite of uh, urban that hasn't been developed in this area. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're pumping it in. And I think in 10 years – it's just going to be as vibrant and as, you know, gentrified, for lack of a better word, uh, as San Francisco or San Jose. I agree with that. Like, I think, and, the, I think the infrastructure and the foundation to support professional sports teams in Oakland, while it, it may not be there now, it's there's never been more, a more, I think, more more reason to have financial optimism for Oakland going into the next decade. Do you agree with that? Correct. Yeah, I completely agree. And the other thing is with the mayor, like you were saying before, where she was not saying as a, as a Raider fan, from day one when Libby Shaft got elected, I remember hearing her on the local radio station here. She was saying that um, this was about, you know, she's, she grew up in Oakland. She's an Oakland resident. Yeah. When she start, when she, she first day she came on, she came on and discussed relocation for the A's and the Raiders. First of all, she said if she was going to have to make a choice, she was very abundantly clear from day one saying that she's an A's fan and a Raiders fan, but the A's come first because of what they can do for the city because of the number of dates that they have it. Mm -hmm. So that was her number one priority, that the eight days, that the eight or ten home days was not as big of a priority as it is to – as the A's, 80, 82 plus you know the Bay Bridge series kind of stuff. From an economic standpoint, that makes sense. Um, there's not enough even multi-use stadiums like where you're going to have enough events like Taylor Swift concerts like they got over at, at your at your place, Levi's. Yeah. You know, there, there's just not enough to make it viable. They would have to make it like a uh, you know, a Coliseum City kind of thing where there were businesses and stuff around there to make it worth the time um, to have public funding and that kind of stuff. Um She's always been priority on the A's. And the A's, if you haven't been paying attention, um, they're going through where they're actually proud and happy to be in Oakland. They're renaming Oakland's field, Ricky, Ricky Henderson Field. They're making everything feel like, hey, this, this is your team. Adopt it. You know, they have hired this guy, Dave Cavill, to do it. Um, and, you know, my problem why I stopped watching the A's was because you couldn't buy – you didn't know who any of the players were. There was – they didn't treat your fans good. They they did the same thing, and they Oakland fans have been getting shit on for years. And that was what was cool about being part of the Raider Nation. That's why when I you know moved to the Bay Area as a kid and I became part of the Raider Nation, it was 
us against them. Like, they don't love us. Look at the dump we play in. It's us against them. You wear black on Sundays, and you don't care what anybody else thinks because we're, we're Raider Nation and you're not. And that's what being part of Raider Nation is all about. And that's, you know, that's why they think it'll translate to Las Vegas. Because, to be honest, you're not going to see me wearing anything else but a Raider hat on Sundays. You know, that's just not going to change. Does it break my heart that I can't go to the games with Ray and, and Bill and all the other guys? Yeah, but, you know, I'm still going to be Raider Nation. I mean, I heard Ice Cube say it on the radio the other day, or in an interview the other day, saying, he's like, hey, man, if they move to Vegas, I'm still the president of Raider Nation. And that's just the way most of us feel. For, for a lot of the people who, you know, every Sunday, that the tailgating, those are the people that it breaks my heart that that's what they do. For me, it's a little different. I I diehard watched them. I watched them for the 10 years they sucked. While you guys were all watching the Niners in the other room, I'd watch the Raiders in my room by myself. True, you true. Know? You know, all those all those time, all those Sundays where we'd all be hanging out. You guys are all watching the Niners in the glory days of Harbaugh, and I would be watching the Raiders. You know, I would go off on my own, even in my own house, and do it because I'm a part of Raider Nation, and that black and silver was, was what I identify with. It's a team that I identify with. I don't know how I'll feel about the Vegas thing. I I, I just know now I'm gonna enjoy it because 12 and four was the most fun I've had on Sundays in I don't know 10 years. Absolutely. So. Well, okay. Now here, here's the question. Now here, here's a, a fun question. Now, do you feel as a fan, you guys have a little? There's, there's pressure. Like, you, you, you want them to win a Super Bowl before they leave, right? Like, I mean, they, oh, they, right? oh, are you fucking kidding me? Burn this bitch to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, they have, they have to. Like, they have you know to raise how fun it would be trip. to boo Mark Davis when he got the fucking trophy? Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> I would love. Oh, and there would be nothing more Oakland than that. Are you kidding me? That, that would be, be the most awesome thing in the world. Like, can you imagine him br- bringing a championship to Oakland? Like, Derek Carr would be cheered. Khalil Mack would be cheered. Mark Davis is up there, boo! Like, remember when they bo- they booed um uh not Peter Gruber but the other one from uh, the the Warriors. What's his name? I'm blank. I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh, um. um. And they booed him after they traded traded Monte Ellis. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, I thought yes. that was the most Oakland thing I'd ever seen. Yep. yep Mark yep. David holding up the trophy and getting booed out of off the stage would be the most Oakland thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pray every day to the football gods that that gets to happen. I would be that would not make up for him moving my football team, but it would come damn close. It would make me feel sleep better at night. I can tell you that. That's so funny. Because now let me ask you this. Would it – let's say Raider Nation moves and their first year in Vegas, they win that Super Bowl. How do you feel then? Ah, dude, that's just – why are you trying to punch me in the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> that that would just be like – just like every time I open my door to leave for work every day, somebody's standing there like a little midget and just punch me right in the nuts and then her- – have a nice day going on about your business. <laughs> That's pretty much how that would feel. Like it has to happen here and not there. If, if it's going to happen with this group, right? Well, it can happen if it happens here first. Got it. Like we're not talking. We're not talking AFC Championship. We're not talking getting to the Super Bowl. Bring one more home for Oakland. You know, because we put up with so many bad teams. I mean, Jamarcus Russell. Um, Rolando McClain, you go down the list of just bombs and busts and like Warren Sapp past his prime and 
Anthony Seymour past his prime, and all these guys that just, dude, what are you doing? Like, like, you know, God, rest in peace, Al Davis, but you made some stupid-ass decisions. I yeah. mean, just horrible decisions. And then you end up that, you know, Mark Davis and his funny haircut and his slow-talking ex-lineman come in here, and I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. I I made jokes that he was Blyrish because he's black Irish, Reggie McKenzie, but it turns out that motherfucker knows what he's doing. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? True. I, well, he let the team breathe in a way that his dad never did. Yeah, You know exactly. Because, I mean, Al, Al was so used to controlling everything and letting it, like, and it worked his way. And then, you know, like most old people, we don't become more rational and more open-minded as we get older. <laughs> we get more stuck in our ways and cranky. And yeah. that happened with Al Davis. You can't blame the guy for that. You know, it's human nature. But, you know, his he I will give it Mark. Mark Davis loves the Raiders. He would go broke before he sells this team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, and he definitely gets that from his father. And, you know, his dad, it's like, you know, it's the best intentions, you know, phrase. It's, it was the best intentions. And he, it was almost like in his own way, he was kind of trying to moneyball it. <laughs> he was almost trying to Billy Bean it. Yeah, know? he was trying He was trying to, he was trying to just – and, you know, I listen to Greg Papa all the time say that, like, at the end of his life, he just wanted to win, like, one more championship. And you kind of see that happening. Uh, it, but it was actually effective with the guy from from Denver. I forget the Denver guy's own, owner's name, but they're doing the same thing. Like they're going to be in salary cap hell mm-hmm. um, in a couple years. But they got that one more ring for him before he passed away. And you know, I guess Al Davis was doing that and making crazy decisions. And you know, it's just I mean, he wasn't able to get it done. And it just you basically, I mean, you had to scrap it. Like when you when I look back at the Warriors and the 25 years of crap I watched and thinking that like Ike Diagu might be good mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you're you realize you, how much how bad like watching watching them now like annihilate San Antonio the other night and I'm watching basketball at its highest level and I'm realizing that the 25 years of crap and thinking that Ike Diagu and Troy Murphy might actually be good and why is nobody else recognizing these guys and it's because i'm watching them every night and nobody else is you know what I mean? like and, my my irrational uh my irrational defense of kaepernick for the last three years exactly correct uh, it's exactly correct uh, yeah it's because it's, it's your team that that makes a lot of sense now what uh, so there's one more question i want to ask you about this raiders thing uh drawing a blank on it but if i remember i'll come back to it um, overall though Overall, let me ask you this: next year, next year, where do you fit? Where do you guys see if, where you're at? Uh, as a team, or the, as me as a fan? Team, like where? Where the team? The team I see us winning the AFC West. I think the only person, the only team we really need to worry about the team. I mean, of course, we're getting screwed by the schedule gods again. We have to play the biggest game of the year in not in Oakland, not in Oakland. We have to play Tom Brady in fucking Mexico City. Oh, hey, at least in Mexico it, City. At, at we, least it's you know, on we'll our be a it, game for the Raiders. It's, at least it's on our time. Our, isn't it our time zone? That's still our time zone, though, right? No, it's 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 uh, Central, I think, because oh, we played Central. there last year and we won, but we played the Texans. But the biggest game of the year, the one, the guys we want in the AFC Championship game, I want 
freaking Mr. Mr. Brazilian deflated balls, and I want to kick his ass and, and and go to the Super Bowl. Like if if there is a football god, they need to give that to Raider Nation. I, I I thought you guys legitimately had a shot last year. I thought you were. Well, once we you, did until, once you guys until, went down. I thought I I don't really know who's left that can beat them in the AFC. Did I tell you the story of of um that game? That's the only game last year I didn't watch live. Um, and I was going to my grandmother's, and I was in the car with Megan, and I told her, no looking at the phone, no, no, I don't want to know because it's a big game, and um, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. And she's looking, we're driving back from my grandmother's house out in Marin, and she looks, and she's like, Derek Carr broke his leg. And I'm like, you better be lying. You better be lying. And I turned on the radio, and I like almost drove off the freeway. Oh, man. I, so did you see the clip of Mark Davis cursing and screaming when that happened? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, he was, he was doing what Derek does. I mean, Derek, Derek is a football player first. You know, he's, he's an excellent football player. And it's refreshing to have a quarterback. Like, the he's Raiders legit. are going to be good as long as he's, he's manning the helm. You know, and the fact that the friendship that he has with Khalil Mack and the respect that he garners from everybody in that organization is amazing. It's yeah. what you want a quarterback. You're like, dude, there's no way this guy is not going to – it's not like a flash in the pan guy. It's not going to be a guy who just had one good season and it's going to drop off. This guy has all the tools. You know, like as much as I hate Russell Wilson, you're like, that dude's good. Yeah. Crap. I hate it, but he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No, no, that's how I feel about Derek Carr. Like, I'm definitely very happy you guys are in the a- AFC West and not in the NFC West. <laughs> right. Very you guys, so. you guys don't need any more. You know, well, thank God uh, Arizona's pretty much toast. So I, you know, um, luckily the, C- the I feel like the Seahawks are definitely on the tail end of this current regime. You know, we'll see we'll see how they answer. You know, and how what they do as they replace players and get young, fresh blood in there. But it, honestly, for me. You know, flipping on that side, it's never been a better time to be a Niner fan. Was, now we have Kyle Shannon and John Lynch, and we just traded the Ravens for their all-pro center. <laughs> Not sure why they gave us them, but we'll take them. That, That's how we started, man. And, and, you know, build from the lines, man. And you guys, I mean, the one thing Bulky kept getting, he was kind of – you know what? I, I just, just popped in my head, but he was like the Matt Millen of drafters, but with defensive linemen rather than wide receivers. <laughs> like, like, okay, so all of them look the same. All of them can kind of play, but they all play the same position. Why do you keep drafting that dude? <laughs> it's yep. like, like, okay, DeForest Buckner can ball. Uh, Eric Armstead could probably play ball, but they play the same position. They look exactly the same, except one's Samoan, one's black, and nothing else has changed. I'm like, what about all the other holes you guys have? Right. So. Well, in your defense, you did you did tell me for the last two and a half years that Trent Baalke wasn't good. Yeah, I, I did. I, did. He's garbage. I, you guys are so lucky you got rid of him. Like John Lynch is up in the air, man. But I I think he's a football guy who's willing to get out of the way. Like I, you know, unlike our president, all I want people to do in their high ranking positions is get smart people around them. Like if you don't know something. <laughs> Get smart people around you. It's not difficult, man. It's not. Di- no, you're right. It's not difficult. Like, don't always be. If you're the like my grandfather used to say, if you're the if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong fucking room. <laughs> That's Jesus, so it's not complicated, it's not people. Complicated. Why is everybody so afraid to be told they're wrong? 
It's right. scary. That that's that's very much a a that's very much a feeling of of this era. You know yeah. what I mean? This like everybody's afraid in- to be told that they're not the best. I'm like, look, dude, I'm okay with not being the best as long as you teach me. No, you you teach know? Me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the it's the uh, it's the tenth uh, place ribbon club mentality. <laughs> I like that. I'm stealing that, by the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Let's talk about the Warriors. You know, Kevin Durant goes down and things get, you know, they kind of go on that dip. They they lose like three out of five. And now, what are are we at? Eight now? Eight straight now? Uh, Eight in a row. And they just kicked the shit out of the the second and third place teams uh, in, in the Western Conference. And that game yesterday was unbelievably epic i was it was so good i didn't catch it live and i stayed up till 2 30 last night watching the game because uh, i was i saw i saw it on the phone was like oh my god i because you know i had to go meet a friend's new daughter like yesterday she wasn't watching basketball obviously since she's two weeks old <laughs> and i came home and i saw the score and i was like oh my god like down by 22 and then i checked later and like we're tied i'm like all right, I can't wait to get home and just watch this game. And I watched it, and it's – you know what? They're the best team in the league without Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant, they're an all-time great team. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I look at it. You know, I it's it, – because honestly, you know, without without uh, the, the fizzle of, of Draymond, I honestly think we'd be talking about the two-time champions and Durant wouldn't be here. I think they can win a championship – with with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala, I think that's a good enough team. Well, in looking looking at what where the Cavs are, the Cavs lost again today. By the way, they just you know we're recording this on Thursday night, and the Cavs have lost the Cavs have lost to the Bulls ninety nine to ninety three. You know that their record is under five hundred since the All Star break. I think they're now like eight and eleven. I watched them against San Antonio the other night when when uh, when when he got or uh, LeBron got. Elbowed him, David yeah. Lee, like dropped like a freaking sack of potatoes, which wasn't even that big of a hit. It looked like, yeah, dude, you're six eight, two sixty, walk it off, homeboy. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, but but if LeBron breaks a nail out there and he's complaining to the refs and asking yeah, for technical, kind of like the James Harden every foul call, like, jeez, man, like that guy gets so many foul calls, it's crazy, crazy. But I honestly think James Harden deserves the MVP over Russell Westbrook. I think so too. I do. I do. I do too. I because you know at the end of the day, like uh, we've had this discussion more than more than once about greatness, but the great or first the greatest of all time, and at that very end, the, the the leading metric for me is always wins. Yeah. You know, like yeah. winning is winning is more important than anything when it comes down to evaluating greatness. Yep. If you didn't win, you can put up a bunch of stats. Like Boogie Cousins is not going down as one of the greatest centers of all time. No. You know, no. It's just not. It has to translate to wins, and and in this sport, it's different because in this sport, one player, you know, makes such a huge difference. You know what I mean? One player literally can can turn your team from a nothing team to a championship team. One player can do that. You know what I mean? It it, it basketball has that. Basketball is the only sport that has effects. There's only five guys on the court. So I, I'm with you too because of how how James Harden's play is elevating all of the Rockets versus Russell Westbrook. It, it, it's not really elevating. It's 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 kind of very Kobe Bryant esque. It's very you know it's that that kind of era of hero ball, um, you know Which, iso ball. Thank God is just is dying more rapidly. But because he realized like first it was San Antonio, now it's the war, then it was the Warriors, 
Now you have, and then it was Atlanta, and then it's. Um, even the Cavs don't play like that. You know, even they they don't play iso ball like that. Nearly not more. I mean, they no. they get that way every once in a while, but they move the ball around a lot more. The Celtics play that way. There's probably like eight or nine teams that pass the ball a lot. Like, uh, I was listening to a stat was saying that uh, the Warriors are sixth in amount of passes behind. Like the Knicks were on that list of most passes per possession. Wow. And I was like, Knicks. huh? Carmelo Anthony, the black hole of basketball? Seriously. He's on a team that passes? <laughs> yeah, he's letting them do that? <laughs> yeah, like, huh, that's strange. That is strange. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. What do you What do you think uh, – do you uh, – I, I feel like this. I think I think you, you hold Kevin Durant till the first round of the playoffs. I don't care if he can run laps and do backflips right now. The team is super hot. That was a nasty knee injury. Save him to the playoffs. What do you think? Well, I think I think just because the only funks I've seen this team in this year are when they defer in and around Kevin Durant, and they're not, you know, when they came when they lost Kevin, they didn't know how to play together. They took him a while to be like, oh yeah, we're the fucking Warriors. We were great before this fool got here. Like we just had they had to relearn how to play that way because of the, the cerebral type of basketball that the Warriors play. You know, as easy as they and as fun and as free flowing as they make it look, they're thinking like there's a bunch of basketball savants on that team. Yep. You know, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green are two of the most cerebral basketball players ever. They're coaches. They're coaches on the floor. You know, at all times. I mean, Steph and Clay are both that way as well. You know, it's so I think that like having him in there and play a couple of games, but like, you know, he, he could have played this week technically mm-hmm. um, was the initial hope. But I mean, like why bother? Like get him in and play him a couple of games where he, he could, you feel like he could play 35 minutes tonight, but play him for 20 and, yeah. and just get him back in there. Cause they, cause you know, when you've got Kevin Durant, like the best scorer of his generation, there's a tendency to give him the ball and say, let's go. You know, yeah. like, watch, watch, let's watch what you can do, because, I mean, it's freaking impressive. Like, I knew that dude was good, but getting to watch him all year, it, he's better than advertised. Well, also, too, I think the, the difference is being on the Warriors. I think he's I think he's a he we're, we're playing a, a form of basketball that he wanted to play and that he never could because he was kind of constantly dealing with the Russell Westbrook show. And I think you're seeing like a bigger defensive – you're seeing the defensive style that he was playing against the Warriors now being spread out across the entire season now that he's with the Warriors. And I think that, I think he's just more relaxed. And I think that it's yeah. – you know, it's not all it's not all about who's going to get the last shot and do I need to do I need to have the last shot or do I need to defer to Russell and what's that mean if I don't? And I think he just – I think he's just a lot in a much more relaxed position. And I think the Warriors – put him in an environment where he's able to, I think, really maximize his potential. Like, I agree. I think he looks so much better now than I thought he ever looked on OKC, and I thought he was dope as hell on OKC. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was amazed at how good he is. And to bring it back to the point where we said, like, surround yourself and, like, not being afraid to learn and, like, surround yourself with smart people, I think that's exactly what he did. And I don't know why people people are hating on him for that. Because when you think about it, like, when you're doing your job, I mean, we don't have as cool as jobs as, you know, basketball players but like you know you keep doing the same job like we were bartenders together for years Mm -hmm. and it was like when we'd learn something new it was cool and you'd be like wow look at that dude he's fucking good and fuck him i can do that just as good let's learn that and and be just as good 
And why why is that hated on that he wants to do that? He wanted to learn something different. I mean, he's probably one of the two best isolation basketball players on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and top five on the planet right now. And he's going to go down as one of the greatest scorers of all time. Why not learn other aspects of the game? And he wasn't going to get that in OKC. They're just going to keep playing the way they were playing because it wins. And at the end of the day, it's not like it's not like learn and adapt. And he's basically he's going to to uh, I don't know if this is a correct uh, analogy, but it's like a school of higher learning where he this is a more advanced basketball instead of just doing algebra. Now he's doing calculus. You know what I mean? Yep. I do. I do. Absolutely. And you know what? He was there for almost a decade. I don't know any any person in my life that's at any job for a decade. <laughs> you know, he was at one place for a decade. I I, I think he put his time in. A, uh, I, I don't think he I don't think he I, I, I think he had every right to make a decision for himself. Like 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 in the rest, like you said, everyone, you know, we don't have cool of jobs. But when we make decisions for ourselves, when we decide to go get jobs and that are that we feel are in the best interest of ourselves, no one bitches on television about it. No one Bitches even in, in most of the time if you've got real friends no one cares so right. you know Kevin Durant goes and he makes a decision for himself that he put he feels puts him in the best best position so that he can move his career forward I don't see anything wrong with that I think he made a fine decision and and I mean and I, I, like if he if he didn't go to the Warriors and he thought the Celtics was the place to be it, fine I I don't really you know I, I think more more than anything what what upset people is because the the Warriors had done so well but like I mean God I'd heard Stephen A Smith rant about it for months and I'm like oh this is ridiculous like shut up get over it right like yeah relax well you know and it's like everybody that guy i like the we lost like three games in a row and everybody was saying the demise of the warriors and what's wrong with them and i'm like nothing's wrong with them they're just playing normal basketball i mean dude what's wrong with the i mean and everybody that every pundit that i've listened to since the the calves have faltered is saying they're gonna be fine and i'm going Dude, the only person I, like that hasn't said it was when I was watching the uh, – you watch those player-only games on TNT? Oh, you know what? I've seen it's, some of them. Have you one of that yet? I usually have them on – I have them on at the bar, so I can never hear anything. But I see them. I, I have it on at the bar all the time. I just can never hear them. Okay, yeah. See, they're a little they're a little messy in the analysis. But the, the Rip Hamilton, uh, Kevin McHale, um, Greg Anthony, they're the, they're the better of the threesomes. But they're a little muddled. They have a tendency to talk over each other. Nobody really does play by play. But they were talking about it because like the words were blowing out whoever. And um, when I was watching the game, and they were saying like you know they started talking about Cleveland, and, and Kevin McHale's like, I don't care what you say, they, you can't just turn it on. You should be trying to play good because you will end up by losing a lot more games. And I mean, Cleveland has never really had any competition, but I think. I don't think that Washington or Boston or, or Toronto are really competition, but I think they can push them to six or seven games. It'll be more difficult than it's ever been before. And it's more difficult than it was last year. Absolutely. Well, I think this this is the first year that Cleveland is going to feel uh, a, a, a microcosm of what it feels like to try and get to the finals in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it will. And, you know, I, all right, let me ask you this being a Warrior fan. Let me ask you a question. Do you want Cleveland? One hundred percent. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I don't want any other team. I, I would feel I would feel slighted. I yeah. want that. I want to. I want to. I want to sweep those guys. Like right, right. You. I want to pull. I want to pull a Spurs against Miami Heat. 
the second round. Yeah, where they just round. quit, where they just like ready to walk off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the Spurs were like, we're we're coming into this series to destroy you. Tim Duncan guaranteed the win before the series started. He'd never done that before. He was like, he believed that they were going to win, and he'd never ever said anything like that. And then LeBron was all pissed about it, and then they just swept him. I, yeah. that's exactly what I want. I really do. I want that that uh, that Spurs revenge revenge uh, sweep that that they did. I want oh. the Warriors to do the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah, I think I think the Warriors are like. I think the only reason the Warriors haven't really talked about that is because they feel like they know they're better. They don't have to say it. They don't. They don't need to prove anything. And I think they think. I think they also think that. I that this isn't going to be the that this year is not going to be the only time they're going to be in the finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's more to come down the road. They just haven't said anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With Kevin Durant, I mean, honestly, I, we're looking at an all-time great team. Yep. You know, as much as as much as the national pundits don't like to admit it, you're they won three sixty games three years in a row. Steve Kerr got two hundred wins faster than anybody else in a, in any major sport ever. You know, like it's insane. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got you guys. They're yeah. gonna have two. Three, and if you know, knock on wood, uh, I want. <laughs> Cat, you know, count all my chickens before they're hatched. But dude, if they would take, it would take a major league upset to to derail this team. I hope. I agree, and I th- well, I think if, if Kevin if Kevin Durant comes back, which I think we're both pretty confident that for sure is going to happen. If he comes back, I think that you know the playoffs are fine, and I I, I still believe that the Cavs are going to get there no matter what. I I think that I I do I do find it funny that you know the Cavs have lost a shit ton of games, and everyone keeps talking about they'll be fine, they'll be fine. Warriors lose three, and it's the end of an era. <laughs> right, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Right, that's a really good point. Right, like yeah, it's just, it's the end of an era. It's over. It's they're done. Yeah, it's over. It's yeah, done. Yeah. Steph, Steph Curry's overrated. Put yep. a fork in him. Yep, stick right. a fork in him. It's over. You know, we should we should have never given him the MVP. Three point three pointers in guys' faces for the next ten years. Get used to it, people. Like, dude, shooters don't go anywhere. I mean, look at Ray Allen. Like that guy can be coming off curl screens and shooting you guys' faces. He's not going to be able to like put guys on skates for the next ten years, but they'll just run them off screens. And that little skinny guy is going to hit three pointers and just rack up points. Yeah, you know. I mean, yep. well, that guy's not going anywhere, bro. Like, I got news for you guys. Like, all you guys are going to eat major crow on that. <laughs> well, uh, awesome. Well, the other hey, I would like to I'd like to ask one question about yeah. Cleveland. Because, you know, the, the chemistry thing is something that's big in, in Warrior Land. Because this just popped in my head. But with all of the additions that they made at the deadline, do you think that's messing with Cleveland? Well, you know, that was that's an interesting one because they were so desperate. You know, LeBron, again, with all his passive-aggressive in the news, you know, God, God forbid he, like, picks up a phone and sits in a closed door and just has an adult conversation. He's got to always air all of his dirty laundry in the media and on Twitter, which I just never uh, – that's such a millennial style of, of, of handling. Communication. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, they're going to handle it through a tweet. Um <laughs> I, hey, it worked for our president, bro. It does, dude. Yeah, it got him all the way. <laughs> uh, so the the whole thing, I do think I do think it's messing with them. I think this is also part of the problem when you allow when you allow Le- LeBron to be the um, the like unofficial GM. Yeah, you know? I, I think this is you know. There, there, when you let the 
the inmates run the asylum, this is what you get. Yeah, exactly. I also think, let me ask you this. I'll, I'll counter that with another question. Do you think there is it? No one said this, though, but isn't it possible that there's a suffering from championship hangover? I mean, wouldn't they get that earlier in the year? Why would they get that now? Well, you know, I mean, not really LeBron, but I think the, the young kids. The young kids. Like J.R. Smith, I'm amazed J.R. Smith made it this far without doing something stupid. Yeah, like. I, mean, I didn't they, wear a shirt for like three months. I mean, it's not exactly the brightest dude in the world. No, like, exactly. Like these kids, these guys, all those young guys have been on the grind for two straight years, and now they're trying to go a third year. And, I mean, no one said maybe maybe the Cavs are a little bit of championship hangover. They're all pretty young. Maybe they're just kind of tired. Yeah, you know LeBron's used to this. He's been doing this since the Miami Heat. He's been doing this. You know, it's gonna be his seventh year. Warriors, Warriors this year. I think you know, maybe some of the reason you're not seeing that fatigue is because they rebooted the whole team and added Kevin Durant. You know, well, that's true. I mean, and well, think about it. I mean, when was the last time LeBron wasn't in the finals? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you gotta put him as one of the greatest of all time. And I guess like, did I see that? I think I saw that on Bleacher Report that he just passed Shaq on the all-time scoring list. Wow, did he? I knew, yeah, I knew yeah. he was on the and heels I, of somebody. I, I just I saw what I, it came up as one of those uh, insta alerts when I was uh, cooking dinner tonight, but I hadn't had a chance to read the article yet. So plus, I was also like just thinking about the Raiders. Yeah, for when I was coming to sports, so I was like, yeah, I don't really care what the Cavs do because they're falling apart. I knew they lost because that also came up as an insta alert, but that's about it. So. I was so happy they lost again. I love I, I love watching LeBron lose, and never I never got tired of it. <laughs> true worry fan yeah. right there <laughs> also speaking of Shaq did you see his uh, did you see his statue in front of Staples Center I saw a picture of it it didn't look that bad it didn't look as bad as a Ronaldo uh, 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 I, I walked in front I was at the I was at the Lakers game uh, the Lakers against the Wizards on Tuesday and I was it was good it was it was actually really good the, the it was a uh, it was a barn burner. The Lakers, Lakers lost in like the final, final seconds of the game. It was pretty good. But uh, I walked by the statue. It is badass. Like he's like, you know, he's all, it's like he's slam dunking and he's on the hoop and they have it up in the air. So it's like it's like on the it's like like when you're entering the the main entrances for Staples Center, it's on the far left and it's up in the air above you. I mean, it it's gigantic. Like it's it's pretty epic. I was just like, wow. I knew that it like from everything I read, I heard it was just enormous. Yeah, it's huge. And and he's he's dunking. He's got his back turned to the hoop and his hands are hanging on the rim and he, it's he's and his knees are up to his chest and he's just doing this giant dunk and his he just the, he, the old school Jack Shaq like slamming on the whole team dunk mm-hmm. it's it's I like it. it's super badass it, when, next time you're in la we'll go check it out super badass yeah i gotta i gotta take a trip to la i want to go to freaking uh staples center i haven't been there yet uh, that's that's a large problem on my fault my fault well you know what we, we we should coordinate it because my my good buddy john who you met who was in that show with me my good buddy yeah. john he he uh his family has a box there his or sorry his father's law firm has a box there that we go in all the time that's yeah, all I've ever all I've ever done is sat at the bar. That's worth the Southwest flight to LA. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all the time. We can never get Warriors games, but he usually gets like ten tickets a year, and so we go to like, we we go to a ton of games. I like I I was there I was there twice last month, and then I was there this month. I also went to Monday Night Raw. That was super fun. Nice. Well, sweet. Awesome, man. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, Pete, thank you so much for being on the show. This was excellent. You definitely got to come back again. We'll talk more Warriors, especially as we get into the postseason. 
For sure, man. Let me know. Absolutely. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay Area. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and we'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, this is the Goldcast. 